0: What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Mississippi Pizza Pub in North Portland, in the Mississippi neighborhood. Always serving up the freshest of slices and whole pizzas over there, as well as salads and breadsticks. They got vegan options for all you vegan freaks out there, as well as great vegetarian options. Um, I'm a big fan of the Spicoli; that's one of my favorite pizzas over there. But they always have uh, really awesome slices on deck, that fancy veggie, fancy meat, and then, you know, like a, a pepperoni and a cheese, some classics, always ready to go. Um, they're open late. They have daily lunch specials and happy hours. They have a really cool um, speakeasy-style bar called the Atlantis Lounge in the back of of the, uh, the venue because not only do they have really dope pizza, they also have a great music venue room. Always uh, a wide variety, eclectic uh, styles of music going on there. Um, they have early shows that start around 5 or 6 p.m., and those are kid family friendly, all ages. Those go till about 8. And then at 9 o'clock, there's a late show as well. So often there's two shows a day over at Mississippi Pizza. Uh, shout out to Dan, who does a great job booking over there. And um, he's let me book quite a few nights, quite a few will present shows over there. So it's very cool to have Mississippi Pizza as a sponsor of this podcast. It is a place that I enjoy very much, and honestly, some of my favorite pizza in town. So if you're if you're not from Portland and you're cruising to Portland, you should definitely go to Mississippi Pizza. And if you live here and you've never been, then. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you should probably get yourself to Mississippi pizza. Go grab a slice over there. Tell them Dan Cable Presents sent you, and let's get into this episode of the podcast. Hit it!
1: Down at the i uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, fresh episodes are coming at you every Friday. And we've got a very Mother's Day special episode, a killer conversation with my mom. My mom is on the podcast, everybody. And uh, she was super pumped to do it. And I'm stoked to get into this episode. Uh, just a few things before we do so I just wanted to say that uh, say thank you first of all for all the people that continue to support the show and listen if you want to support in a free way please leave a review on iTunes hit subscribe on on podcast there on the iTunes and then click write a review hit five stars say a few words and it's super helpful to the podcast in uh shooting it up into the iTunes charts and just getting it more national visibility. Also subscribing on the Dan Cable presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of uh, in-studio performances as well as live show performances and the short film that I made on tribe Mars is up there as well. So click subscribe there, head over to the DanCablePresents.com. That's the central location for all of those things. You can find my, my Instagram and my Twitter links through there. Follow me on those things. I always try to uh, keep people updated on shows that I'm throwing as well as uh, just just artists that I think people should check out. I always try to share different records and whatnot that I'm listening to and vibing out to. So hit subscribe on all those things. Uh, quick calendar dates. Uh, the only thing I really have right now is uh, is May 21st is the first, uh, hive mind monthly jam. It's going down at Alberta street pub. I've had I've, almost everybody from the hive mind has been on this show. Um, we're talking about adverse effects, two planets, Corgi and base, the prize who were on episode 100. Um, yeah, all those types of dusty Fox, who's been on, on the show, numerous times. So check out that jam. It's going to be a monthly jam going down on Mondays at the Alberta Street Pub. It's going to be rad. So the first one is on the 21st. I will be on the road with brother not brother, so unfortunately I will not be there, but uh check it out. Check that out. Um man, I'm stoked to share this episode. This is definitely different from anything that's really happened on the podcast. I think the closest thing that we could align this thing to is maybe like the Olivia Ashton episode. My mom is no musician. She's not, um, you know, she's not putting out any new music that we're talking about or anything like that, but, uh, she was, she was willing to jump on the phone with me and kind of go deep and talk about mental health stuff. We talked a lot about Anxiety. I feel like that's something that's touched upon on this podcast a lot. So it was really cool to to go deep with her on that stuff. Um, she definitely did her best to to share some mom stories of me as uh, as I've grown up and whatnot, and just somebody that's been so supportive of my journey and has shown me an immense amount of love. And I I definitely feel her heavy and one of the things that we talked about on the episode is uh, just having deep connections with people and, and feeling feeling their weight very heavy and um, just thinking about people a lot and um, one of the things that, that I'm trying to be more proactive about I guess kind of stems from this episode and and things I've been thinking about is just kind of letting people know when I'm thinking about them and, you know, not just, not just, uh, internalizing it, but, but actually letting them know. And coincidentally my friend Shane Brown from episode 98 sent me this message today, which brought me so much joy and, and really hit the nail on the head as far as just kind of that thing of letting people know, Um, when you're, when you're thinking of them and he just sent me this message that said, Hey, Dan, thinking about you today, you work your ass off and consistently throw up awesome and well-made content. You're an incredible dude. And what you do for musicians is unmeasurable value. Thanks. And that just completely changed my whole day. And it really made me want to uh, to spread that love. So thank you so much, Shane. I think people should check out that episode. That was one of my favorites as well. That was episode 98. And uh, I geek out on this band called Pine Grove a lot. And uh, one of my favorite lines from a song called Old Friends off their Cardinal record is, uh, I should call my parents when I think of them, should tell my friends when I love them. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just something I'm going to try to get better at for sure. And, uh, we should get into this episode cause it's, uh, it's pretty lengthy. It's an extensive conversation with my mom. Um, like I said, it's, it's heavy at times, but there's a lot of laughs and joy. And I, I honestly think this is one of the best conversations that my mom and I have ever had. So to have it on record and send it out and, in digital form kind of forever in in the ethers is, is going to be a very cool thing to, to have and look back upon. Um, it's definitely life is, is something that can be very heavy for me. And, uh, it's not, not something I'm afraid of, that's for sure. Um, and, and I definitely even gravitate towards it at, at some points. So, um, and that makes me kind of think of that, that Avid brother songs, uh, or a song the head full of doubt when he's talking about the the darkness upon him that's flooding in light and then at the end of it he talks about that he's he's frightened by those who don't see it and um yeah man i see it i feel it um but i also i feel the light and i feel the joy as well and um i'm just incredibly blown away every day kind of by this whole process of life and so let's get into uh the episode episode 110 don't forget to leave your itunes reviews very important on uh, the itunes reviews subscribe across the board uh we do feature a song at the very end of the episode by stephanie kitten it's a new jam i really dig stephanie and her tunes um it's called storming and it features my buddy sal salvatore manalo who's also been on the podcast on guitar so Check that out at the end of the episode. I'll put the links in the notes for um, her tune so you can find it on SoundCloud and whatnot. But this is it, everybody. This is episode 110. This is my, uh, my conversation with my mom. Enjoy it. Hello? Hello. Hello. You're on the program.
2: I'm on the program.
0: We're recording right now.
2: Oh, my gosh. Hello. I'm How's, so excited.
0: <laughs> can you hear me okay?
2: I can hear you fantastic.
0: Right on. Are you on the speakerphone?
2: No, I'm not. Does okay. it sound like me? No,
0: you're fine. You'll be all right. We'll make you sound real, real sweet.
2: Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my gosh. What a surprise. I. You know, I've been preparing, and have stuff.
3: you? Have you been preparing? Well,
2: I, I I had to write some notes, oh and I had God. to, I had to, I had to get my hair done and my makeup, and
0: I mean, there's no visual. We're not taking any pictures.
2: Oh, I know there's not, but I wanted to feel, you know, really empowered and oh. and pretty for oh. the program. Wow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I
2: wanted, I wanted to be looking my best. Yeah. And I and and I and I have my Dan Cable Presents t-shirt on. Uh,
0: well, I'm not surprised, you know. You're a supporter hey. of the show.
2: That's right. That's right. I just thought this would be the best attire. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Glad you're uh, glad you're vibing out for it, mom.
2: Yeah. I'm stoked.
0: Um, I'm like woo
2: hoo. Because I remember when I always asked you, damn, when do I get to be on the program? And you were like, How about never? <laughs> I was like, That's kinda sad. Well So I never expected this.
0: Well, we got over the hundred episode mark, so I figured maybe you could be on the program since it's still going on, still happening. Okay.
2: Okay. You know, it's all a, right.
0: It's Mother's Day weekend. Yes. So I figured absolutely. this would be like a great mother's day special you know
2: well it is it's making my mother's day special (laughs) this is awesome
0: i'm glad you're so enthusiastic about (laughs) doing this (laughs) it's so funny
2: it's the the best it's the best man (laughs) Uh, Mark called, and he said, what are you doing? I said, I, I've got to get my hair done. i I got to get this done. I'm, I'm on the program yeah, tonight.
0: It's a program. It's a program. The program. I've been listening The program.
2: Like, That's right. I have been listening long enough. I'm sorry. I didn't watch my annunciation.
0: It's okay. The program. We'll get it by the end of the episode, I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Um, and he
2: said to me, he said, but as you said, there's no visual. He said, you're not on TV.
0: No, you're not. Said,
2: I know. I know. But <laughs> I have to be looking my best for this, man.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great. So what are you expecting out it, of that? What are you expecting about on, for your appearance here on the program?
2: <laughs> I'm expecting that um, we're going to talk a little bit about D.C., you oh, know, wow. behind the man. Behind thought, the man.
0: I don't know about that. I mean, maybe
2: oh okay i mean it's your
0: episode i don't know why we i don't know
2: well because you know what 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 are you expecting
0: what am i well i figure we're probably not gonna go too in depth about any music considering you're not a musician
2: (laughs) uh it's like your favorite line mom who sings that song and I tell you, and you say that's right, and you shouldn't
0: be singing it. I don't say that. That's very. You hacky. used to say that That's to very me. hacky. I wouldn't you say used, anything like
2: you that. You used to say that to me.
0: Well, I don't know. You know, we're not, we're not going to feature any of your hit songs or anything. That's for sure. We're not. You don't have Damn. any. You don't have any. No, I, recorded no. music. So I mean, I realize no, I this don't. is primarily a music podcast for the most part, but that's I right. also. If you're cool, I think you'll be cool. Are you are you uh I I thought it'd be cool to maybe talk about some similarities in things that I have experienced maybe over more in the last few years but um are you surprised by the amount cuz you listen to this show a lot. Are right. you are you surprised by the amounts of uh people that come on and talk about how how much expressing themselves through their music or art helps them with their daily anxiety?
2: No, I'm not at all. I think that part of part of being an I, I think that a lot of people who are artists, um, because they they that they struggle with anxiety and, and depression for sure. And so I'm not, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think that I just think that's, I mean, not across the board of course, but I just think that with artistic people, that's sometimes a trait.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Like looking for some sort of outlet.
2: Well, not only, not only that, that the outlet and i think to 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 have that much of an artistic personality and and to go that deep i think that's part of the part of it yeah do you know what i'm saying the
0: willingness to be like that vulnerable with things and like yeah. sharing it and yeah. everything because you yeah it is most of the time like really revealing and not conversations that you would maybe normally have with uh, the public.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that always kind of blows me away. Like what people are willing to say on a microphone, like to a crowd. Right. Exactly. And I think it's kind of surprised me what I've been willing to do personally also. Like it's just very easy to do that from just writing things and sharing songs or even... yeah,
2: and like, like- And looking at your writing, me looking at your writing, your writing is always about your story. Yeah. I've never seen you just write to like, oh, I'm just going to make up this. I mean, it's always coming from somewhere deeper within you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that was always... uh when I was playing in the the Souls of Fuse band that I played in for yes. a long time, for yes. the for the listeners, obviously you know, but uh, Ryan, who was the other like song, who was like the main songwriter and the co lyric writer in that band, we would always kind of uh, you know tell people if you want to get to know us, you should come out and see see a show, just because we were re- like willing to reveal things through the lyrics that probably wouldn't normally come out.
2: Exactly. Stuff that would never come up in a normal conversation.
0: Or not to strangers anyway. Like maybe some right. stuff that would, it's the kind of stuff that you share with people that you really trust and are comfortable with usually.
2: Right. Right.
0: Not just people exactly. that you're meeting for the first time or whatever. First
2: time. Right. 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 Yeah, and I think I think for um you and 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 Ryan, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that a lot of the stuff that you guys went through and and experiencing, um, your parents splitting up around the same time. I think a lot of that um came out in your you got a big release from
3: that.
2: Yeah, I,
0: that's interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure at that time that that was the case necessarily. Like, I'm sure it was a good outlet for that. That's right. That sort of thing, but it, it wasn't really, there wasn't very much like content that revolved around that subject. I don't feel like. No oh or, no. I'm
2: not, I'm not talking about song content, but, but just the I think that that release. was definitely. Yeah. I think that was something that you definitely shared together, and that music was definitely an outlet.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think the thing that for music why why I became so strongly attached to it at or like around that time is because I feel like it's not something that I, I feel like music is always going to be there and always. Very reliable because it's not like a, a human person. Exactly. You know, like I, I, I always feel that. like, right. like music's not going to leave unless I, unless I go deaf. I'm never gonna right. like music isn't just going to, not going to be there one day. So I think that's that's like a, a huge attachment to it for me.
2: Yeah, definitely, and I think too. Then wouldn't you agree to putting that, for especially for you guys at that time, putting that to paper, recording it, having that album? That's it's never going to go away, like you said.
0: Yeah, that's the cool thing about all of this stuff is that it's uh, right. Just like this lifelong documentation, you know, it's like exactly some sort of physical or digital proof at this point like of a life lived i guess in some way
2: oh yes i think it it tells the story
0: yeah for sure
2: um and i think that's so cool that you had that um that creative process in you that that because people just don't naturally come to that I think
0: that you either have it or you don't have it. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do agree with the, that you probably do naturally either have the itch to do it or not to do it, but especially to kind of stick with it. Like I, I don't, I mean, obviously here in Portland where I'm at a majority of the people I do know are people that, are musicians or artists and kind of pursuing stuff, but that's just cause that's kind of my community here. Right. But like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know a ton of people from back home in like California that are still kind of like chasing down something in some way or, or continuing to like pursue art very intently and that's fine. I just it's not something I don't know. It's not but, something that everybody sticks with, but I just kind of feel
2: but for you, you you have such a passion and such a drive and and such a love for it that no matter what I see, no matter what form that takes, like you doing the podcast or putting shows together, um, managing a band, or writing your own stuff, and picking up your guitar—that—that's a passion in you that is never. I don't see that ever going away.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of.
2: And it drives you.
0: Yeah, it's kind of. It drives me fucking crazy. Is what it does. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh man, I need to turn off the alerts. We've got Twitter alerts going off during this. All right.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, there's definitely like nights or, or mornings where I, where I wake up and I cannot stop thinking about this show that I want to put together or whatever. So it's it right. is very, like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't feel like I have a choice in it. Sometimes I just become very, like, I get an idea in my head and then it becomes very obsessive to some degree. Yeah,
2: you can't let go of it.
0: And I just you can't let go of it. And I want to make it happen, and then I do make it happen as far as setting it up, and then I have to deal right. with the real anxiety of it all, which is making the thing actually happen, you know all the bullshit that kind of happens in between that you can't control, which is a lot of fun
2: <laughs> Such as?
0: just you know it's uh like it's fun booking shows, but there's always a lot of variables. Just as far as communication just, and maybe oh, okay. availability or just, you know, little things. that, that Yeah,
2: are, so venues. I mean, everything plays into it. Venue, yeah. sound, lighting, obviously, the people that you have performing.
0: I think uh, mostly are people going to show up is the biggest right. stressor. And you never know. And it's always right. kind of a dice roll. And... Right. That's the most stressful part for me just and not because I have like I'm not walking into a show as a promoter or booker expecting to make a bunch of money. I just want there to be right. people there to see the people that are on the for actual the bill. Like I want there to be people there for the bands.
2: Because and I think a lot of that for you the the other side of that is being a performer yourself and having done the album and recorded in LA and played there, you know what that's like. Yeah. To have to, to, and to not have people show up or to have a great show because so many people showed up.
0: Right. For sure.
2: So, so I don't want to let have, them down. <laughs> right. Right. Because you personally have, I don't think that you would feel that way if you hadn't personally experienced that.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I think that's...
2: I mean, of course, I mean, it's, you take the job seriously and you want to do the best for your people, but I don't think you would feel as deeply committed and almost like responsible, right?
0: Absolutely. I feel like I'm responsible for for, for everybody to have a good time if it's my show.
2: Right. But
0: it's all, but, and I think I've been very fortunate that I've really only probably had one to two shows where I wasn't super happy with the turnout.
2: Right. That's awesome. And so that's
0: great. It's probably also because I feel like for the most part, I do, I kind of do my homework of showing up to see bands play and I pay attention to to the crowd who's coming out to see them, you know? Right. And, I mean, it kind of sucks that it has to be viewed that way, but sometimes it's like it is important to make sure that somebody is going to bring people out for the show. It might not be every single band on the bill, but somebody's kind of got to anchor it in some ways, which is nice. Exactly. Nice for the people that can't, that don't consistently bring out as many people because then they get like a good slot on a on a bill in front of people that they would have never gotten to play in front of and whatnot exactly but i mean yeah my experience i think my experience with the band you know doing that whole la thing for a long time is definitely all of that experience um influences the way that i do things that's for sure and kind of having more of a artist first mentality opposed to like what we were locked into, which was a, a pay to play situation. Pay the door. You know? Yeah. Like we, we never, we didn't get to make any money, like no money. Right. It didn't because matter. You like had to make, yeah. Even
2: if you, yeah. Even if your show had a really good turnout, you still had to cover, you
0: yeah. still had to pay them. There was just very uh, few amounts of music venues where we would get any percentage of the door. And if we did, it was like 20% off of a ten dollar ticket or something,
2: right, and that was right. after
0: we got a hundred people in the room
2: exactly which, exactly
0: which is like a total it's, nonsense way to do things i've learned do and
2: you it, do you feel like if those of had had a portland based, do you feel like you guys would have stayed together because because it's totally different there?
0: I don't as know. Far it might. It might have become
2: not having to pay to play, and
0: yeah, I I think that that would have been a big game changer. It would have been more. Um, I think just kind of more telling of building an actual audience instead of having to like harass your friends to buy tickets to every show.
2: Exactly. Like it just. It, exactly. I, I
0: don't know. I just see two completely different things up here.
2: But would you trade any of those experiences because when I think about that and you guys getting to play the Roxy, the Troubadour, the House of Blues, would you trade that?
0: Absolutely not. Those are the those are amazing moments. And also we we like hustled our asses off to sell tickets to make sure that there right. were people there to see us for those like right. big Hollywood shows and like there's not much can be taken away like from the r- stepping on stage at the Roxy like where so right. many people have played in the Troubadour you know like both of those are l- legendary clubs and we got to play them and for the l- l- we you know we didn't necessarily play to empty places either because there was three or there was like five bands every time and everybody had to right. bring people out to sell those tickets or you had to pay the difference so usually there were some people there like it wasn't often oh, that we yeah. played to so an empty room and then playing house of blues in Anaheim was definitely the that was the the pinnacle the the right. big peak that was that was the dream come true and and that place was real packed out and right. yeah like that was crazy because i had been there to see big national headlining bands a lot I and then i've and i had also been th- i had been there on nights where it was sold out and there was like no room anywhere but i had also been there on nights um where there was less people than what we got to play to so it was it was cool it was cool that we had so many people that were willing to come out that that's kind of crazy like when i think about that when i see when i see what like a local band pulls like to know that you like we were selling a lot of tickets like a a solid you know 60 to like 120 sometimes like pretty consistently especially towards the end like yeah so that was rad it was just a it just doesn't really build anything out though other than your friends and your family coming out which is which is great and like obviously that's the people that you want to play to but that there's not there's not a lot of community that gets built within the bands either because all the people that come out they just come to see the band they paid to paid to see and
2: right and then they're gone right
0: and the promoters don't really have any reason to make sure that the That the show is curated really well because they're getting their money either way. So they don't really give a shit.
2: Well, you also didn't have, I feel like you have a personal relationship with the the people that you're promoting. And I don't feel like in LA that you guys had personal relationships with your promoters. No. That was just their job. They wanted their money.
0: Yeah. And that's just the way it all went.
2: So, yeah, like I
0: I have done my best to try to build positive relationships with every band that I encounter when they come on the podcast or whatever because, hopefully, after that, I will be able to work with them on putting shows together or whatever.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I want them to be excited about the show that I'm putting together as well. Right. So...
3: I have to,
2: I'm, I'm so glad that you guys had the experiences that you had in LA though. And I have to say like one of the biggest nights for me was stepping outside. We were staying in the hotel across the street in Hollywood and stepping outside and seeing Souls of Fuse on the marquee at the Troubadour.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, that was like, really? This is happening? It's amazing.
0: Yeah it it was uh that that is very cool to see your your name on the marquee at at such uh legendary venues that's for
2: yes sure. yes um, and yeah such a good show and it it was and you guys did really well. Thank you. I mean, your show is (laughs) amazing. No. (laughs) The show is amazing, but also I'm saying as far as I do remember that night and your tickets were all sold. And it was just great that, like you said, that the friends came out, the family came out.
0: That's crazy, though. We we literally would walk away from those shows. Like, I think we sold like a hundred and twenty tickets for house of blues and we right. we literally walked away with no money. Like
2: Right. <laughs> right. We just get didn't to play that you not make there. any money. You just yeah. get to
0: play pretty much. We, it was we, absurd. Paid.
2: we paid to play yeah. yeah.
0: But,
3: but that's
2: so great having that experience that you can take that to Portland and make it a a different experience for the people that you're promoting.
0: Um. Yeah, I try to. And I also am, am I don't know, there's there's a...
2: And that, that you have a relationship with these people and that you care about them and their craft.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think there's only one that I know of, of a company that kind of does that pay-to-play thing. And right. I will just object against that so hard and will definitely...
2: Well, don't you of, think like, that that, for your sales of fuse, is that what ultimately? I mean, it was a lot of pressure on you guys.
0: Yeah, just every and, show adds a different making, pressure. Ma-
2: right, making that making the album, and then the whole pay to play and all the money you guys put into the album.
0: It's just
3: a and lot,
2: and that was it was a lot. But don't you think eventually that's what broke you guys?
0: I I think it's it was a, just it's too a, much. It, it's things that contribute to it for sure, but right. I don't know. It's it's yeah, it definitely becomes a thing where you start looking at people and you're in the band. You're like, oh, you only sold two tickets this time. Well, I sold thirty-five. Like, where were you at on the ticket sales this time? And it right. just ends up being about bullshit that doesn't really matter. And then it's not like it that. Takes the,
2: about the music. It
0: takes the fun away from it. And then also right. with those types of shows. Since like where the show the shows that I throw, you know it's just let's see who shows up tonight, but when you're selling tickets, you know like that show week or that day of show if you only sold fifteen out of the fifty tickets you were required to sell, so like then right. you go into the show knowing that you're gonna spend money to to play, and then nobody's like in a super pumped mood about that. So it just kind of it kind of changes the the whole vibe of everything,
2: right? Because you're not going in there relaxed and excited. It's more like because I do remember some shows in LA where you guys hadn't covered the door and it was literally in that back room,
0: scrambling. Like, yeah,
2: who's got the money? And then it's to, like you're
0: going to the ATM, pulling out like two or three hundred dollars,
2: right? Because you already, nobody has.
0: Yeah, because you did go out there already. Like, L.A. wasn't super close. It was a good, you know, hour, right. hour and a half right. to get right. to Hollywood. Right. So you're driving out there. You already made the trip. And then there were, like, the 20 out of the 50 that you did sell. So you're not going to have the people who drove out to L.A. for you not see a show. You not...
3: Right. And then right. also
0: you're never going to get to play if you do right that. Like, if you if you just bail on it then right. you're, you're fucked. So I don't know, it's all kind of crazy, but I I definitely learned a lot from that experience and it was uh Yeah, it's crazy. I found some pictures recently since I just moved and it's always a, it's always very much a trip to like look at those pictures.
2: You know, I I just went through all those pictures because I was cleaning out stuff here and I have them. I have them on CD, and I also have the prints of them. And going through all the pictures of all the all the shows and the I, swimming pool.
0: I am like swimming pool was classic. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. My my mom was the after party champion, and uh, oh. <laughs> she got us many hotel rooms. And it was always this uh, this tradition that we would get one of those kiddie pools and fill it up with ice and a bunch of uh beer and and other booze and that that was our cooler that was a tradition so we would roll into these hotels um, with our own swimming pool (laughs) yeah you definitely like made us that was that was so cool that you did all that because you you definitely made us feel very special and like rock star status in some way to like be able to to play like the Hollywood show, and then w- we're just like, no, we're down the Walk street, staying, the street. we're staying across the street from the Roxy tonight in that big hotel, and we with brought a swimming pool, pool there <laughs> earlier, <laughs> and people are just like, we're just walking through the lobby with this, like, what the fuck are you doing?
2: Plastic swimming kiddie pool.
0: Yeah, just rolling into the, <laughs> to, the to the suite and filling it up, and yeah, that oh, was and super oh, cool. Oh, in the
2: cart. Oh, don't you remember the carts full of the food and oh, the yeah. pool and the booze and yeah. the? We had to have three or four bell carts to get all that stuff up there.
0: So funny! I have so mo- we thing. have all those pictures too of just
2: we do and diving it's just- in the
0: kiddie pool. I'm also uh, I feel like I'm unrecognizable <laughs> in those photos. You are, you I, are. I, it's so funny if I show somebody those. Or, like, any of that stuff. They, like, they trip out so hard. Oh, do they? Yeah. So,
2: have people that that you know now in in Portland, have some of those folks gotten to see some of that stuff?
0: Yeah, like, a few of them. I don't know. It's crazy. Because I'm, like, anywhere from 40 to 70 pounds heavier. And most of the pictures I have super long hair. (laughs) And I don't have like a big beard, and I wasn't wearing glasses at that time.
3: Right, you like completely different. I only needed them
0: for night driving, and now I need them everywhere I go, at any time of day.
2: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, it's just those were some amazing times, though. Those were great experiences. It's pretty funny. And. One of my other highlights was coming to the studio and seeing you guys record in yeah, a real cool. studio.
0: That was very cool. Oh my!
2: Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. And mm. and just seeing what what went into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I feel like, but you, that I I definitely feel like you you and dad are like definitely responsible in some way of like my obsession for music. And I definitely took it to another level than either of you, obviously.
2: Well, I was thinking about that and I think, I I think a lot of credit to your dad because I, you know, was kind of, Whatever's popular, top 40, disco, da 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 da. But did you go to and, like.
0: Uh, this is like one of the things I want to talk to you about because I okay. feel like I've. Uh, aside from some anxiety stuff. Uh, right. <clears throat> I. I think it's kind of easy to forget that your uh, your parents had, like, a life before you, before you become their, I know. their life.
3: I
2: know, Like, did right. you
0: go to any concerts in high school?
2: Yes. You know, my first concert was The Who.
3: What? <laughs> what the <fuck>? Yes.
2: <laughs> Roger Daltrey in his prime. That's amazing. I'm telling you. They played a a two-and-a-half-hour show, and we were so, like, freaking amazed. And Roger Daltrey, I swear to God, he ran through that whole show.
3: Did you see him He had his gym
2: shoes on. He's singing, bouncing all over the stage. I mean, we didn't go to bed that night. We were like, oh, my gosh. We we just saw The Who.
0: uh, Do you remember where you saw it? Was it, like, at the Hollywood Bowl or something? Or at the form. At the form. The great Western saw the, form.
2: <clears> saw the Who at the form saw the moody blues. Because you grew up the form. in
0: Lock and Yachter, right?
2: Right. So that's right. like just
0: that's in LA pretty much. Like on the past
3: side Inglewood.
2: Inglewood. All right. Inglewood. Oh. It's on the it's Los Angeles. It, yeah. Los Angeles County. Yeah. Inglewood. And but you gotta remember back in that day we didn't have traffic. It took us thirty minutes to get to the form.
0: Yeah, for sure. Damn. Saw
2: Mellencamp there, John Mellencamp. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, just just some really good shows. But
0: was it kind of just the thing like your friends would invite you to go? D-
2: this was back in the day. If you wanted concert tickets, you skipped school.
0: And you win go and in line, and right? Yeah, but like, yeah. who's. Friends, who's who's friends. But the friends would be like, hey, we're going to go see The Who yeah, or something? Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, gotta, I don't know. I know you're down we, to like camp in a line and skip school, especially yeah. a school where your <laughs> father was most likely the principal.
2: Well, my junior high school principal. Okay. But it, it kind of followed you to high school because everybody knew who he was. <laughs> so it was kind of like the superintendent and the um, high school principal were watching the... Watching everything you guys did.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that wasn't very cool. But, but what I was going to say is, yeah, having those really cool experiences, but then meeting your dad, who was at a totally different level. He was of music, real heavy into music. Who had everything. I mean, this was just, you know, we were just switching over from. Cassette tapes to CDs, and i and I meet him, and he's got vinyl, unbelievable collection. Yeah. Like like you.
0: I wish we and, knew that and
2: <laughs> kind of come yes, full circle. wish we knew that. So I could yes, have kept those wish records. Wish we knew that then, and had an amazing sound system, Stere- you know, home stereo. Always, I mean, people <laughs> always always, and people didn't. Like, I don't want to say that wasn't normal, but it was very expensive stuff. I mean, yeah, you were was really like what into he sp- it.
0: It was like what he spent his money on.
2: Right. That was his he thing. He like always then, had a
0: good stereo system in his car or in the house. He's a little less about it these days, but for a long time, that right. was like all he gave a shit about with his stereo system. Exactly.
2: Yeah. The electronics and the sound. And the. so I was introduced. To all these artists that I never knew, because, like I said, it was going with the crowd and who's popular, yeah, I yeah,
0: mean, yeah, it's and, always crazy when I don't know, I always find out every time I hang out with him, I find out about a different like legendary band that he saw five times, and I was just like, what
2: <laughs> well, I was gonna well, I was gonna say to you, so for him. I mean, the number of concerts that I went to that was nothing,
0: yeah, that's like what he did, and in, in I the feel week.
2: like, yeah, I feel like he saw everybody yeah. that you could possibly see, I mean, and he saw some of these people before they were famous, yeah, so i I definitely feel like music was a strong influence because it was in our house and it was. Always, I mean, from the time you were born. I mean, it wasn't like, "Oh, we have a baby. Let's turn this music down." No, no, no. Like, turn it up.
0: I do do know that I caught on to, like, singing words like real quickly, though.
2: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You and I, and you also, you also had an astounding memory for for hearing. Hearing the music and picking up the lyrics, and you'd be singing the song.
0: Um, I can't Wait. remember any lyrics now for anything now for for right. new songs, especially. But, uh,
2: but but you did that. I mean, and and are you're, your you had a very visual memory.
0: Still do, unfortunately. Um.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not. Yeah, yeah, that could be a good I thing remember, and a bad thing.
0: I I don't know. I do. I don't know. I don't like to give myself uh not trying to praise myself, but I do have like a weird um pretty photographic memory for very bizarre details about things a lot of times for things that don't mean anything, which is very weird. But um anyway, I right. I do remember right, but, like singing so. songs pretty early, but I guess what oh, I wanna yeah. know is we've been talking about Phil Collins the last couple of days because I am so I know I'm so excited. Okay, the
2: so first concert, first f- concert.
0: Phil Collins is is finally going on tour again for the first time in 14 years. But do you remember the first show you, that re- you guys?
2: I want to know. Do you remember? Do you remember? going? Listen, I'm trying to. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to set the table here. You're oh, jumping ahead. Okay. You're, this is a podcast. Okay. You can't just talk over me. People can't hear. That's
2: right. You're interviewing me. <laughs> Okay. No, it's fine. It's
0: fine. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Okay, I remember going to Dodger Stadium for the Genesis concert. It was for the for the I Can't Dance record. Right. But and I was only five, six at most.
2: You were, you were five. I
0: believe I was five, because I know we went and saw Phil Collins by himself when I was eight, and that was at the Forum. But right. I want. Uh, do you have any recollection on, like, why did you guys, why did you guys take me? Like, whose idea was it to take me to the show? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm stoked you took me. I'm just, yeah, really. I don't think, Who takes
2: a five year old like to well, a Genesis I, concert? I've
0: I've, 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 when I went and saw the Foo Fighters for the first time, like two right. years ago, I was. surprised. i don't know i wasn't surprised but a lot of people did bring their younger kids and i don't know like i just do you know what your mentality was or your and dad's mentality of taking me was it like oh he actually likes the music we should take him with us or like what was what was the deal
2: that that you loved you loved the music yeah there was no question that the you the genesis there and was, phil
0: collins specifically yeah like it was yeah. there
2: was no question there wasn't even a, it wasn't even a discussion or a question if you were going of course you were going
0: that's so you cool
2: loved it and do you remember where you sat
0: yeah we well sat real close like, front row sure i know we were front real row. close
2: Alpine, courtesy of Alpine Car Stereo. At the Dodger
0: Stadium, yeah.
2: At the Dodger Stadium,
0: yeah. That was, and
2: those tickets came from Alpine, and oh man, you didn't, th- you didn't sit.
0: Yeah, for sure. You I, were I, I don't
2: dancing, know. singing.
0: I think people might think it's absurd, like maybe a little crazy, that I feel like I, I but I definitely feel like I have visual memories of that concert. Like, I can I see the whole crazy. stage and everything. I can
2: too. So, and I, do, I that know shit what, is wild. I know what. Okay. You want to hear I, yeah. Wilder? Oh, I, know oh, I know what you wore. Well, I know what you wore.
0: I don't know what I wore.
2: I know exactly what you wore. What did I wear? Oh, my gosh. You had your. You were five. Yeah. So, you had your Osh. Gosh. Overalls.
0: Oh, man. Crushing it. Overalls you are were. hip now, too. That's, that's, you really were, full you circle. were
2: crushing it in your overalls, your cool sneakers, cool shirt. You were just, oh man. And I don't know if you remember this, but you were dancing with the Budweiser girl. Yeah, I
0: do remember that. They Absolutely. thought
2: that you were the cutest thing ever. <laughs> they weren't,
0: I thought they were pretty cute, I think, too.
2: <laughs> I think you did, but, <laughs> but I think like some of the, the older gentlemen were like not very happy that you were getting all the Budweiser girl attention. Well, yeah, because the Budweiser girls decided to hang out with Dan, dance with Dan, because <laughs> they couldn't believe that this five-year-old was singing the songs, like knew the lyrics.
0: Yeah,
3: and absolutely,
2: totally loving it for sure, just jamming.
0: And then a few years later, awesome. a few years later, Phil went on tour by himself for his Both Sides That's of the right. Story record, and you guys took me to that again
2: at the Forum. You know what's yeah. crazy?
0: What I remember about that what is that was also in the time that was the early nineties. That was also when you had to like show up to a place that had Ticketmaster and like get in line and and get the tickets. Oh yeah. And we sent a, a neighborhood friend Michael who went with us who was who was like a teenager yes. in high school. Yes and yes. he got the tickets for us but do you remember, remember that, we that showed, when we showed up to the forum that our tickets were off to the side like behind the stage and we had to like move like there was a big there was a big commotion about this
2: because we couldn't see the stage we couldn't
0: see anything we're like behind because like, we yeah. were
2: behind the stage
0: but somehow i'm sure it was your doing that we got taken care
2: of. <laughs> just pick this up and yeah, you're we just, just like, all, all right, heard.
0: well, we're gonna. This isn't gonna happen.
2: But it, but I definitely think for you, I mean, your dad's knowledge and passion for music, he just opened that all up for you because it, it was just there. It was part of our lives. It was in our daily lives every day.
0: No, I just thought it was cool that you guys took me because you didn't yeah. have to. So that's awesome. Wasn't
2: even a question because you just you
0: loved it. And I still, the coolest thing is, is that I still do. Almost, I would. It's like right up there for me. Like the Phil Collins stuff and the Genesis stuff is is easily in my like top three things. And if not, like my favorite thing is is the Phil Collins stuff, which is is kind of wild. And I think it's just because. Now I'm actually like I like it more now than ever, just because I'm old enough to i don't know take on the the lyrics and stuff from a different exactly. perspective, right, but uh, yeah, that shit is funny i remember I remember that that man. You, that Phil Collins so re- live hits album like it's the so live you remember concert.
2: the you remember the
0: Do you remember?
2: Do you remember? remember? (laughs) Yeah, I remember. (laughs) The Jeep Cherokee.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I said in the back of that thing with the Alpine car stereo, singing groovy kind of love.
2: Yeah. 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 Driving around, blast and fell. You got it. Everybody singing. You got it. Yeah. Good times. I think
0: that that's got to be a big reason, though, that that music had such a big impact on me, though. For sure,
2: I think so too, I think so too. You just i mean you you grew up with it I don't but think. but you you so took to it though
0: yeah, I don't think either of you like thought that I was gonna pursue it seriously in any fashion <laughs> you
2: know? no i i I thought that um you were gonna be a sports caster,
0: yeah, me too. I did too.
2: <laughs> yeah, remember that.
0: I still think sometimes that I'm going to be. Um, I, <laughs> I just, still
2: think you could be. If it so, ma-
0: if it makes you feel any better, I'm still uh, commentating my own <laughs> my own video game sports, <laughs> like a fucking well, asshole. Like I just sit in my apartment. Oh, and he moves the puck there. Wow, that was real close, real <laughs> close there. Making up narratives for shit, like for for fake teams. I don't even know what's happening. I'm I'm like a crazy person. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> oh, well, crazy person with the great memory. Um, I I have to tell a story on you. Oh wow. Um. So you used to go. And it was very, very funny because for a very long time you did not realize that we could hear the entire thing. So you used to go in to take your shower and once the water went on, you would sing the Star Spangled Banner. (laughs) And then you would say, all right, your starting lineup for tonight for the Chicago Blackhawks. You knew every player on that team. You'd go through the whole – you'd go through the whole – the whole thing. You would commentate the whole hockey game in the shower.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: But it always started with the star spangled banner. (laughs) You always had to sing that.
0: It's funny. I don't really care about that song anymore.
2: It was hilarious. (laughs) It was the funniest thing. And the funniest thing is you didn't think that we knew.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. You just come out of the
2: shower. Like no big deal.
0: I did. (laughs) I think I knew that every, like, that you guys could hear me commentating the video games, though. I just don't think I cared.
2: Oh, yeah. It was great. No, we eventually told you that we could hear the Star-Spangled Banner mm. and the commentating in the shower. But Santa, we loved it. He was we real, thought it was great. Fake,
0: whatever. Yeah. What? Nothing.
2: Um, I mean, you used to commentate to your dog, Eddie Balfour.
0: Yeah, well... It was, uh that's the uh, uh, my
2: hockey and you'd call out the
0: game to him it was the life of an only child I had no other other kid to harass, so I just uh I just announced video games to myself it was wonderful but
2: did you did you feel lonely? no, I as didn't an only child?
0: i didn't at all and i it's probably the reasons I have so many close friends that I've known for fifteen to twenty years plus. And some thirty years plus,
2: right? Like those I,
0: people be just kind of became my family. I think in like a brother in the brother sister way or whatever.
2: Exactly, and I always remember. Just I never wanted you to be lonely, so our house was always full. Just I always wanted you to have people there and your yeah. friends there, and. I great. always wanted people to feel like they were welcome. You're like, why don't we invite some of
0: your friends over so you're not fucking talking to yourself in your room? <laughs> How about we do that? <laughs> so you're not just commentating video games to yourself. Let's, get, about some, if we let's get, get some out other a people over. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. Yeah, but
2: it's so, looking back at your friends, though, places that they were, I mean, particularly Ryan and Bert, um, the souls of fused crowd that your past had crossed when you guys were so much younger, playing oh, yeah. little league with Bert. Who would have ever known?
0: Yeah, it is. It is. That,
2: and playing little league with Ryan. Who would have ever known that you guys would have turned out to not only be lifelong friends but end up in the band together?
0: Right. Yeah. That that shit is all very wild to me. Life is crazy. <laughs>
2: It is crazy. It's
0: a wild thing. Did you thing. feel?
2: Did you feel pressure as because you were an only child?
0: No, not at all.
2: So you didn't feel like there were really big expectations put no, on you. No. Nice.
0: It was the be- It was kind of the best, actually. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, yeah, like, it was great. Know. It was just I don't know. I I didn't feel like I was necessarily spoiled, but there wasn't really. There wasn't anybody else that we had, like that you guys had to worry about, so it was uh, you know it was cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, not necessarily spoiled. I mean, who has a full entertainment center built into their closet?
0: What are you doing? Why are you, why are you
2: trying to make me sound like
0: the most privileged child in his room with no, his entertainment no, center and his
2: no goddamn video I'm, game I'm, announcing? I'm <laughs> I'm teasing you because you definitely were not. I mean, we wanted you to have what we could give you, but you definitely were not spoiled.
0: Yeah. And then we went broke because I wanted to play the most expensive sport that there is. Um.
2: Anyway. But that was good too.
0: Well, that's great. Right. Yeah. Um, what did
2: hockey teach you about music?
0: Hockey. What did hockey teach me about music? yeah I don't think hockey taught me anything about music I think
2: there's no hockey parallel at all
0: no it's it's way different to me okay and it's it's something that i've some of it I've realized much later now that I am playing hockey regularly again. I didn't realize how much I missed it but i I do think like the the whole teamwork and discipline thing is I learned, I learned that quite a bit through that.
2: And that definitely helps being in the industry you're in.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because
2: it is a lot of discipline.
0: I think it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I'm very competitive in some ways. So that was very good for that.
2: Right. Right.
0: And I don't know. There's a, it's not just like the competition between the the other team that you're playing, it's like the competition with the other people on your team and then specifically always playing the goalie position where there's one other goalie on the team. Right. There's always someone to like beat out and try to be better than. Right. And I just I love that. I guess also, probably because most of the time I wasn't sitting at the bottom of it.
2: Exactly. Like I was
0: pretty fortunate. Yeah, you were the first that you I were was, the first seat. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But now it's just a different thing. It's completely But what
2: about the pressure? What about the pressure of the game when you were
0: I love it so much. It's my younger. favorite thing.
2: Because there was so much pressure on you.
0: I I don't know why. Every game. I don't know why I enjoy it so much. But it's like I always want there to be a breakaway at the end of the game that determines whether the other team wins or ties it or loses or whatever like, right i always I love it like I don't know it's it can be an extreme low, but to like get, right. to to make the save on the breakaway there's there's not many things that are better actually.
2: (laughs) It's amazing to watch.
0: But I think recently it's more just that for the most part, it's, it's the most present that I can be a lot of the time. Like when I get to play hockey. So that's very cool.
2: Cause you can kind of just get out there and forget about everything else.
0: Yeah. I just don't really think so much about things going on on the outside I think. Right. So it's it's a good it's a good outlet.
2: So kind of just getting out there and being a kid.
0: It does make me feel like a kid again too, which is rad. I do feel like a child. That is. I do that's feel like awesome. a child most of the time. And uh that's that's rad. It's very cool.
2: That's I see um when you talk about, I ask you about the pressure of being a goalie, and you're just saying you you love that. I mean, and you always love that. I I see you in your in your songwriting and your time with the band, and now promoting and doing the podcast, and um, I think all of those things are high pressure.
0: Uh and you yeah.
2: So thrive on it.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. So why. what is it that that
2: is it an adrenaline rush? What what is it?
0: that Part of it's definitely an adrenaline rush because even in my day job I'm also the uh the leader there as well. Right. I don't feel like I always aspire to be that person, like the leader of a group. Right. But Sometimes it just shakes out that way, and it seems to shake out that way a lot
2: and what about because I don't see this in an arrogant way in you at all, but you just seem you have such such a high level of confidence, like you say <laughs> you're hilarious. gonna make something happen why why
0: uh I don't know. I just uh, I think I'm I'm confident in some ways, but I'm like very insecure also. So I th- Aren't we I, th- all? I think I'm conf. I don't know. I'm confident. I I if I say I'm gonna do something, I want to do it because I don't want to let everybody down.
2: So is that what drives because like I'm saying, I I don't see your. I don't see it coming off as arrogant or anything, but I see you stepping in and doing things and making stuff happen and what I see is just confidence is that co- what's it driven by?
0: Not wanting to let everybody down. <laughs> I don't know. So
2: it's not so it's not necessarily I mean there's obviously some drive like, and confidence I can do this because
0: I think it's yeah, just but- like wanting to I just want to do something different, I guess.
2: Right. Right.
0: And I want to I don't know. I'm not I'm not really sure like why why I gravitate towards like leadership positions or why I get called upon to do those types of things i am very comfortable for the most part though like talking to strangers when i have to
2: yeah you're great you're great with with people
0: i I don't know i don't know if it's just i i definitely feel like we always had a pretty diverse group of people around our house that you grew up with but yeah. not just not my friends though, in particular, like my friends too. But I think that I think I was you guys just exposed me to a lot of different environments, like rich. Right. Like I don't know, we had like a middle. I feel like a lower to middle class existence, and but right. we also had friends that were wealthy, mm-hmm. and we had friends that were. Uh, less wealthy than us and I think I just became very comfortable in a lot of different environments and also just trying to identify yeah. I guess like what was appropriate for those different environments like I don't know like, I always remember going up to your parents house mm-hmm. and it was like never e- it was never hard and it still isn't for me to, like, conversationally use, like, have a filter, I guess. Exactly. Like, it's it's really easy for me not to say fuck around them. Right. And it's not, I don't feel like and it's also, a thing of me being, like, fake. Also, I don't a, think it's. And th- also,
2: no, not at all. But don't you also think. That also is because you're like, okay, these are my grandparents. I respect them. I know that they don't like that.
0: Uh yeah, I think it's just because I know so they they don't appreciate it very like right. a lot. Right. I mean, but I I don't know. I know that they don't really care so much either. But it's just like it's not super important to me that I use those words all the time. So and and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm really censoring myself in any way. I just kind of understand what is
2: What's appropriate suitable for,
0: for that yes, situation. For different and I think, I think that I'm pretty good for the most part, identifying that across the board. So it's easy. It's always been fairly easy for me to like jump in and out of different groups and different types of people. Exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not uncomfortable usually Um, I still don't know that that answers the question of like what I don't know what drives me necessarily all the time I know what drives me to do what I'm doing now and like with all the music stuff and that's just I don't it, it just makes me very happy and I also think that starting the podcast has been this kind of crazy challenge to myself to have a conversation with somebody almost every single week. And sometimes that person is a stranger. And I think that I really love like a human connection and I'm just genuinely trying to either gain more perspective or I'm seeking some sort of like comfort in my own life journey
2: Yeah, you you've always um you've always been very much a people person. And I think people naturally kind of gravitate to you because you are very easy, like you said, being in different environments and being with different people, and I think that you naturally just put other people at ease.
0: Well, that's nice. Mm. <laughs> doing my best. Um, yeah, one
3: but of the. I also one of the
2: think that it's really—it's always been amazing to me because for you to get up on stage or to be doing the podcast or um, just talking publicly—that's really hard for me. That is so scary, and for me to watch you and it seems that it comes so naturally and and so easy for you is that true
0: uh some of it is some of it's not like playing music in front of people is still pretty nerve-wracking to me up until the moment of actually doing it and once i'm doing right. it if i can really like find the sweet spot then it's the it's super comfortable and i pretty much feel like I can expose myself in any way at that point. Right. And the same thing with the podcast. Like if we get mm-hmm. in if we get in the right groove, then I'm pretty much willing to talk about almost anything on the show. <laughs> I'm not I don't know. I'm not super super shy about revealing things that are personal for some reason. Right. I think it's because I've found so much comfort in those people that are willing to do that. So, in some way, I hope that I can pass that along to somebody else. Like, I would rather reveal some super personal public breakdown or something so that maybe it makes someone else feel better about it than not sharing it.
2: And is, and also When you say help someone, do you also feel like you're helping someone who can't share
0: it? I don't know. I mean, I'm also like helping somebody. I'm also helping myself by sharing it too, because it kind of like relieves me of it in some way. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just. I just really enjoy being in front of a microphone for some reason. Like, especially doing the podcast stuff. Like, I love just recording conversations, especially ones that aren't super interviewee because I don't really know what's going to happen. Like, for this one, I don't have... I don't really have notes for this, you know? Like, usually I do some prep work. Uh Uh-oh, we lost her. The phone has gone. I don't have to call her back. This would be a great time for a musical break if I was planning one, but I'm not, so we're just going to We're going to try to get her back on the line.
2: Okay, so what happens when that happens? Oh, we just,
0: that's that's what happens. Sometimes the phone gets hung <laughs> up and then the people are going to hear it and then I'm going <laughs> to say, you know, it's all it's all happening still. Anyway, it's I don't I don't really know what it is about me wanting to just get on a mic and record conversations with people or any of that stuff uh, one thing I learned in therapy is that uh, I'm I. it was identified that I very much become the rock in most situations not like um, the famous actor or wrestler of the rock but yes. like I was just he the therapist would often refer to me as as like the rock like oh like he would ask me a question and i would tell him something he's like oh that sounded like the rock was coming out you know like i i'm i'm very comfortable with like putting other people's needs first i guess
2: which is which is a really wonderful thing, but it's also not always a good thing.
0: No, it isn't. It's uh, really come to fuck me over a couple times as far as not sharing what's going on.
2: Yeah, it 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 takes a lot out of you when you're not putting yourself first.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's like hard, and, and hard for I me feel to like do that sometimes
2: but I feel like you carry that. I feel like you, and I don't, um, I don't want you to have to do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely getting better at just kind of making sure that I get served also.
2: Well, because if you don't, and I know you know this and you're learning this as you're getting older, if you don't take care of yourself...
0: They'll take care of you.
2: <laughs> you can't... No, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't give fully to other people.
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely.
2: So For sure. It's, it's, but I think that it's really hard to learn
0: self-care definitely for me absolutely
2: it's something I really struggle with yeah it's it's hard to learn that
0: I think I'm often like worried that I'm gonna like I feel I don't always feel good about making something about me and I I think that's important perspective to have too to not always make it about yourself but I think like you were saying it can be kind of uh, a slippery slope
2: right because I think that your tendency not to make things about you sometimes it, it goes too far on that spectrum so you don't get what you need
0: yeah for sure
2: but that's a really hard thing. At least it is for me. And I'm 55, and I'm just now learning. Okay, there's there's this whole thing about self care. Yeah. And that it's really important, but it's hard to practice.
0: Yeah, for
3: sure.
2: Especially, especially as you are, you're you're very you're not only are you a people person, you're a very caring person. And so I think it's really hard for people that are so, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. So connected.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: And, and, and connected in a sense. I don't know if you've experienced this, um but that you're that you get so connected to people that you can almost feel their feelings
0: Oh yeah,
3: Does for sure. Does that sound
2: wild? No,
0: no, absolutely. I and So you know what I I'm worry, talking about. I worry about like my friends and family like all the time. For no reason probably. Or right. I th- or I think about them so intensely like that I'm I'm just like what the fuck is <laughs> even going on.
2: Right. 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 <laughs> and i'm just and i so appreciate that because i'm trying to figure out all this stuff and just realizing that i never knew that for me that that's not always a good thing to be feeling this deeply and so intensely worried about all the people in my life
0: yeah for sure
2: to the point that it's kind of weird because I'm like, okay, this is really weird because I am feeling this from this person. Yeah. And internalizing it. I think they don't even have to say anything.
0: That's funny. I think that's a big reason that I, that I, uh, do try to handle a lot of my problems or things of that nature on my own, which I, I think I, I have gotten, pretty good at in a positive way. Right. Like the uh, the last five years or so of just like really having some alone time has uh, made me pretty comfortable with myself for the most part and is also right. given me a lot of it gives me a lot of time to reflect on what I'm feeling and so that hopefully I don't always just act right away on what I'm feeling. I can kind of Go through it and see like, Oh, why am I feeling this and and kind of doing that bullshit right, but one of but the big reasons you- one of the big reasons though is that i d- that I sometimes uh don't want to share like my like what's going on with me when I right. need to is because I don't want people to worry about me
2: and see for me from my perspective and from where I'm coming from, that makes me more worried. (laughs) Not that you're no, not that you're telling me that when I can feel like this energy coming off of you and I know that something's going on, but you're not talking to me about it.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes I genuinely don't know how to articulate it too.
2: Right. Like it's so then, beyond me then that I don't... I even... get, then I get really worried. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? But one of the things that I'm learning about myself is that through my counseling and my experiences is that I genuinely do, not just, not just from you, but of course a lot from you because we're so connected the people that I'm really close to in my life, I just, like I said, I really like feel their feelings. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of intense or yeah. different or whatever you want to call it. I mean, unless, I don't even know how to explain it because unless you've experienced it, what I'm talking about, yeah, it's hard to explain.
0: Oh, I've experienced it. I've been out in the desert, mom.
2: Right. I've been out there. And so you're like, (laughs) wow. So what do I do? What do I do with it? Right. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Okay. Wait a minute. And not, but I'm so grateful that I'm learning this and recognizing it now. And I've been able to work through some of that because it's made me. Um, realize that not only do I not have to take on all of everybody else's stuff, but I need to have some boundaries Yeah. because it really affects me when I get too deep into stuff that I'm not, I don't know. I, I understand. I don't think I know how to explain that very well. But at the same time I don't want to lose that
0: Yeah It's just finding a balance
2: Right And right. I
0: think uh,
2: And that's hard to do
0: Yeah But I don't know I think that's why the uh, Doing some therapy was pretty beneficial For me to have somebody To unload things on That I didn't have to Worry about worrying about me like exactly. I can tell somebody something, and then I don't have to worry about. Oh, I told told Dale this week that you know I'm really struggling. I hope he's not worried about me. <laughs> like,
2: right, right.
0: But I don't know. And it, I
2: think, I think that, I think that you having experienced that, and I having experienced that, and we you are very social as I am, and I I think that and we're both very caring. I think that sometimes with you and I, that's what makes us butt heads sometimes.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's like, Oh my gosh, this isn't working for either one of us because it's too, it's almost, I don't know. Knowing too much. Is that a right, the right yeah, word or for sure. feeling too much, maybe feeling too much Yeah, is a better word. And then I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so worried when we're like out of sync, and I'm like, this is like you said, you you will spend intense amount of time thinking about it and and just get into it really deep. Yeah, and you're like, what are you doing? Why am I doing this? This but, is crazy.
0: I don't know. It's also kind of dumb. I should like. I feel like at those moments too, I I could easily just like. Cause most of the time I'm experiencing something like that, I I feel like it's usually a positive thing for me. Where I'm like, oh man, I should just like really call this person and tell them that that I love them or I miss them or whatever, and just right. like let them know that I'm thinking about them. Not even in a worrying way. I'm I was just exactly. thinking about you because like I don't know why, but I was thinking about you. Not I wasn't worrying about you, but I was thinking about this. And it was intense for some reason,
2: and that's awesome. So I think what you said is like the perfect thing. It's it's as we grow, it's learning the balance.
0: That's the hardest part of the entire process, though. Yeah, it's the balance in everything. It is because the
2: balance and not and not having. I don't know if approval. I mean, I guess approval has something to do with it for all of us because we all want to feel accepted and loved. Yeah, for sure. But not being so intensely worried about, I mean, not losing your care or your love for that person, but trying to figure out how to balance that, that you're not like so worried all the time that you're going to say something and it's going to hurt the person or you're going to like you said, or you're going to tell someone you're having a hard time and then they're going to be completely destroyed and worried about you.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: So learning all that stuff is very, very interesting.
0: Well, yeah, because the highs and lows don't really exist in the balance. Right. So.
2: Exactly. Were you, exactly? uh... and what, and what do you, and, and do you think, um, the highs and lows are, do you think that that is everybody in life or like at the beginning of the conversation where we you asked me, was I surprised in the creative process what people are willing to share?
3: Um,
2: and, and I, and I said no, because I think that creative people have that side to them. Do you think that's,
0: I don't know that everybody experiences depression or highs and lows oh, okay. of so now, extreme. Oh, like okay. So, I'm sorry. So, so now we're
2: talking Okay, so we're specifically talking about depression
0: now. I don't know. I'm just saying the high well, the highs and lows, the lows have to come from somewhere. I mean I'm just saying if right. you're experiencing high like extreme highs and lows, then you're probably dealing with some sort of depression.
2: Right
0: but everybody has right. to experience the highs and lows of life There's right like, and I
2: th- and i was I was talking generalized, but do you see in the music industry or with artists, do you see more extreme highs and lows? No, in I'm, that community?
0: Uh, I don't know, maybe it's possible. I think I I think you encounter maybe encounter just like we were talking about the willingness to reveal I think you just encounter more people that are dealing with it more openly
2: Right so, so not necessarily that not necessarily that it's creative people who have that it's that they're more open with it
0: Yeah but I don't know I,
2: because everybody probably does.
0: Yeah, I think everybody has to deal with deal with it in different ways. But right. Maybe maybe right. not. Some some people are maybe anxiety free. I don't really. I don't know. I'm not really. I I tried to pinpoint. I don't really know what it was like without more anxiety at this point, I don't think. I think I'm just so much more aware that I that I have tendencies to experience different levels of it now.
2: And what do you do? I'm just but way more conscious of more, it. But now that you are more conscious of it and you've done some therapy has it taught you better how to
0: deal with it? Uh definitely. But it's also it's it's very interesting. I didn't ever think that I was going to have to deal with it either. Like I I don't know. Like 2 years ago I probably like wouldn't have been thinking about if I'm going to have a panic attack in public. You know?
2: Exactly. Like that wasn't, that wasn't
0: really on the radar. I feel like I I experienced some very low degrees of some panic attack during times of real struggle, but nothing to that degree of like walking in somewhere and sitting down and be like, Oh my God, what if I have a panic attack in here? How am I going to get out?
2: How are you going to get out?
0: So like those weren't thoughts that I necessarily ever had or thought about dealing with, which is giving me like a tremendous amount of empathy for others, probably specifically, uh, yourself just for knowing like how much, how much of that you've like dealt with for such a, like a long time in your life.
2: And it's so, um, it's so hard for me though, to and I don't want you to take this on. <laughs> to like watch
0: me deal with it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would if imagine. If I could take if I could take anything away from your life, it would be that.
0: For sure. I I think I, I
2: And I have been on my knees, it, begging, screaming, God, give this let this just be on me don't yeah. let this be on my son.
0: But I don't like I don't want that for you either. So I just have to, yeah, we I just both try don't to look want at it for more. Each other. I don't know. I just have to try to look at it more positively, I think. And just like maybe well, hope it, that it's it's trying to like show me something. Like for as scary right? and unpredictable as it can be. Like I think it's just Sometimes you just gotta like give into it and go with it, and like right. it's gonna. And, I and, I know it's and, going to be okay. Like it's gonna be fine.
2: It's gonna get. It, it it will pass.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's the worst. The the craziest part, though, of it's of not, all of it is like I know that it's all a fucking head game. Right. Like I I I know that. I'm not you know saying that, I'm not you saying you can control you. it all the time but like right. I think you do have a lot of control over it too in how you like and how obviously you different people have different levels of it so I'm not trying to say that that you can control your anxiety I'm not trying to like pull some Kanye West shit right now and say that um <laughs> the, <laughs> that you know black dead. people could have avoided slavery and they had control That's over right. that like i'm not saying that i have control like and everybody does but i do know that there are ways to to make it easier and i do i do know that like a lot of, like the entire like life is is very much a head game like you create right. you create so much of your own shit and and your environment in general So I think that looking back, yeah,
2: looking back for me from the way, and I'm sorry for you that you had to experience that with me because um some of those some of my worst times you were there and you were the person that was able to comfort me, which is totally unfair.
0: Yeah, Um, that's not unfair. I don't think. Well, it's not
2: not ideal. It's not ideal. It's not what what I would have chosen for me, and it's definitely not what I would have chosen for my son. But what I've learned in getting older and dealing with this, if I don't give, because you're talking about control, if I don't give into it, it's a much calmer ride.
0: If you don't give into it.
2: Yeah. Because what do you mean? I'm sure there. Well, I'm sure you remember because there were times that it happened, many times that it happened when we were together. Yeah. And I just completely losing it going, Oh my God, this is not going to stop.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: I'm never going to come out of this. Yeah. And now experiencing it is much milder for me. It's not comfortable. But I'm like, okay. Like you said, it's, it's a head You know head you're going
0: to come out of it.
2: I'm like, okay, you know what? This is happening. This is happening to my body. This is not who I am. This is not, this is going to be over. And I can just go ahead and lay down or, or do the things that I know that work for me to calm it down. And I've learned that because if you panic on top of panic, it's not pretty.
0: Yeah, for sure. It just it makes, makes it, it worse. hundred
2: times worse.
0: It's just like anything. Like once you're frustrated and you start mm-hmm. like dropping things or fucking things up, like the more frustrated right. you get, then the more like and then everything's like, oh, I'm just having the shittiest day. I dropped this, and then this happened. Right, it's
3: right. Like because you right. just carry right. that
0: same energy into everything right. and then everything becomes like a disaster.
2: Right. So I just have to I have to just let it pass now. And I know before I I handled it so differently, but only because at that time that was the only way I knew how to cope with it. Yeah, for sure. And and now I have different coping skills and they're huge, but you're right. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of self-discipline to not, to not just go all the way with it.
0: Yeah. It's kind of crazy. A,
2: yeah. You just have a, all and, of a
0: sudden you just feel like, am I, like I'll be somewhere. I'm just like, am I going to pass out right here in front of all of these people for no reason right, right now? And then I just, I don't know. I just bear through it.
2: Or to be in a conversation with somebody and having a great time. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're getting this million mile an hour adrenaline rush. And you feel this heat coming up. And your heart beating a million miles an hour. And you're like, really? Yeah, it's crazy. happening right now. Right now, in this place. Yeah. With this person or with all these people or and and just kind of have to be like okay I'm I'm okay it's not happening yeah i'm i can do this i can deal with this and like you said to not um to not have to put that on the people around you i'm i'm very aware of that now yeah and so it's really hard sometimes to be like okay I can do this. But I also think it's really, really, really important, at least it is for me, to have a person, if I choose to, to be able to tell.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is
2: happening right now. I know I'm going to be okay, but I need to tell you that this is happening. And it's very calm now for me, whereas before what your memories would be. I mean, I would just panic on top of the panic. Right. Like, okay, this is it. I'm dying right here, right now.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Or, or, you know, for me, sometimes it's not, I'm dying. It's like, oh my gosh, this is never going to stop.
0: Yeah. That's the scariest part of it is like when you think like, oh my God, this is how I'm going to feel forever now.
2: You hit it right the nail on the head. that is the scariest part for me. I think that's why
0: that's why a lot of times uh people people freak out so hard on drugs
2: right
0: like I don't know that's like a, just a i feel yeah. like it's a pretty big like, general rule that that uh, that everybody will tell you just at a certain point during this trip you might have to remind yourself that you're just on drugs. <laughs> and then right. it'll all exactly. go away.
2: Exactly. This is going to go away.
0: Yeah, it's but I don't know. It's uh, definitely for, a trip.
2: But for you, when you were talking about highs and lows, so are you talking about depression with the anxiety or separate from the anxiety or sometimes
0: both? Uh, I think it's mostly separate, but Right. I don't know. My big thing is patience. Like my my patience seems to be able to to provide balance if I can tap into the patience, which is the hardest thing for me. But once I can tap tap,
2: to tap into the patience when you're depressed.
0: Just just in general, I think like as far as avoiding lows and stuff like that, I think a lot of it revolves around patience for me. Where like not
2: go into the low.
0: Yeah. Where it's just like, all right, right, there's no reason to stress out on this thing that I have no control of right now. Like, I don't need to sit here and refresh my emails 50 times hoping that the email is going to come through. That's going to set me free of all this anxiety at the moment. But So if I can just kind of sit back and just let things happen and practice the patience, then a lot of that seems to go away for me exactly so
2: i i yeah. have a really hard time with patience as you know
0: <laughs> yeah for sure i don't it's, know
2: it it's so hard to but you're right practicing it makes it so much better because it's some you can't control the situation anyways it's going to play out the way it plays out
0: yeah um, I mean,
3: you know, I, for
2: me, yeah, something that I've noticed about you, or I don't, I shouldn't say about you, something that I see from my perspective, and I don't know if it's because of the journey that you're going on, and and you not wanting other people to worry about you. I I see with. No, I can only speak for myself. I see you um, sometimes very closed off. Like you were much more willing to share things before. So is that when you were having something, going through something? So is that part of you just being older and being more mature
0: yeah, it's definitely or, that.
2: Or not wanting to share it with your mom because.
0: Mostly maturity, I you hope. You don't. Okay. Like, I think a, a large part of it is that realizing that the world does not revolve around me. Right. And that, like, not every problem is that big of a deal. Right. Is worth, like,. Spazzing a lot of time out about, about or, yeah, but, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm more inclined to like release information about myself if people ask me about it rather than me just being super forward about it. I just have to be asked directly, I guess, sometimes.
2: But, but also, if can. I don't
0: want to talk about, like, if I have nothing to say upon a subject, I like. I don't know.
2: That's don't, very no. frustrating for you, right? What? It's very frustrating for you when you're going through something that you do not want to talk about, but I know that you're going through something and I want you to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I just... Because uh, of
2: my own anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, Dan. I, I know something's going on. You got to tell me. Just, or we got to talk about this. And you're just like, no.
0: I think I just, just like, prefer oh my God. I think I just prefer to uh to wait things out a little bit and to process it on my own before I decide what I want to, to share, share it. about it where I think younger me was just like would want to just like s- spill it all out like it was a big deal
2: and dissect <clears> it but now right?
0: I, yeah I just I don't know I just like to I like to explore it on my own first usually, but I don't know.
2: And that's a that's a good thing. That's not that's not a bad thing at all.
0: Were you were you surprised the day that I called you from the emergency room and told you that I was there for like a panic attack basically? Or were you kind of, I don't want to say expecting, but do you feel like, do you feel like maybe you would have to deal with that at some point? Or was it just like extremely shocking that I, that it had kind of hit that level for me?
2: It was not extremely shocking, but it was extremely heartbreaking
0: Yeah,
3: for because
2: sure. I, I didn't I had always hoped that it would never, ever touch you at that level. I, I knew that you definitely were on the spectrum and had anxiety, but I, I was so heartbroken because I never wanted you to have to experience it at that level. Yeah. I just wanted to fix it. And that was even more heartbreaking because I couldn't fix it.
0: You know that I have to. Like I have to do the work to do so.
2: Exactly. But also, as we talked about before, I wanted to, in my way of helping, I wanted to make sure that you had all the information and every avenue available to you, no matter what you chose to do about it, but that you were educated and had all the information and all the avenues that you could go, yeah to fix it, and that was my that was my big concern,
0: yeah, I think generally, just because I am pretty even keeled and pretty low key for the most part, especially right. as I've gotten older. Like I definitely think I was probably more loud and obnoxious and a, a pain in the ass for people at certain times, like when I was a little younger. <laughs> but I think most most of my friends would say that I'm pretty like chill and low key. So I think every like mm-hmm. most people were very surprised that I was dealing with well. anything like that.
2: Well, I, um, I I don't know. It was just heartbreaking. I I didn't. I never wanted that for you.
0: Yeah, of course not.
2: And and also when you were talking about being so chill and low key, I was also like, wow, that this can't be happening because not only is this my son, and I don't want it for him. This is also a person that has always felt like a very, very strong and safe place. Yeah. For me. Like you cool. were saying. I mean, your friends just, you know, they they look at you. And so I could see your friends being shocked.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like, I don't because, know. It's like when you see that, that uh, super... Couple like break up or something or divorce, and you're just like, what? What the fuck? Like you were supposed to be the hope for us all,
2: <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. So, the so, the whole thing is just, and I know. I mean, and I have to like keep my own anxiety in check, just like you do, worrying about me. I have to keep my own anxiety in check, worrying about you, and. And I do know having lived through it and coming out the other side that you do live through it and and you get stronger and you can help people, yeah, it's from having had that it, had that experience, so I know that I know that I know that you're gonna be okay,
3: but yeah.
2: it's practicing sometimes. I'm like, nope, I'm not gonna go there because he's gonna be fine,
0: yeah. It's definitely taught me a lot about myself and just made me explore things. So it's, it's been a blessing as much as it's been a curse. Definitely one of those things. And
2: well, like you said, empathy for other people.
0: Yeah. It's made me I mean, look that, at your, your life journey specifically like so differently.
2: Oh shit. It just, I mean, it's an and it's interesting too, like you were um the conversation that you had at dinner a couple of nights ago, yeah what um what did that feel like to be talking to another person in our circle who experiences that?
0: Um, I think to a degree it's comforting. Like I like talking to any, like I love talking to anybody uh, that has like anxiety problems about their anxiety because I think it's really interesting and it's like, it's, it's just comforting to know that other people are experiencing it and it's just like, I I think that's comforting to everybody to know that there's other people in it with you, you know, that you're not alone in it. Right. So I think that's, that's good. So I genuinely enjoy talking about it, which probably makes it a little easier. And I think even experiencing like prior to experiencing the extremes of it, I, I was pretty educated about it just from listening to things about it before. So I think that also, you know, I was going through it. It made me, I was, I was pretty aware of what was happening to some degree. And also had enough perspective on it to kind of be right. able to wrap my head around it from an outside perspective. So, but.
2: So, and then have you thought about the whole genetic, the whole gene pool thing?
0: Like whether it just gets passed down like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think traits get passed down, so it would be hard to deny that I don't have whatever's but do you in think, your DNA. But you think,
2: right. But I also right.
0: think that you and I handle our anxiety much differently and find comfort probably in different ways too. So.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, I, um, it's just so interesting because I even like back 10 years to today, how I handle it now is completely different.
0: Well, that's good, right?
2: Oh, yes. It's yeah. excellent. I mean, that's... It's not, it's not something that I feel like anymore that I necessarily want to pick up the phone and call you, for instance, or... Or the grandparents. Yeah. Where before I wanted to do that, and and now I'm like, wait a minute, I don't need to do that because this is going to be over, and I I can do this
0: for sure. I, but it's also and, nice to know that that you can like that there is somebody to call. Oh yeah. Like, I think that that's comforting to me most of the time to know that I can call you or dad or any or anybody really i'm just usually like you said like you're better i'm good at riding it out and knowing where that where that threshold is where i do need to pick up the phone right but
2: absolutely because i because that's really comforting to me too because i know that if it's not a situation where i feel like i can just hang out with it i i know when i do need to call somebody and it's very comforting that i know that i can call you
0: yeah same likewise
2: because because you know because because we've had the experience yeah because it is not comforting to me it's not as comforting to me to talk to somebody who hasn't had that experience. For sure. Because it, it's very, to have somebody just like it, you're like, okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm
2: not saying people don't do that. I'm not saying people do that, but I think people who haven't experienced that, their natural reaction is, they want you to be okay because they love you and care about you, but it's kind of like snap out of it. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Whereas somebody who's experienced it can talk to you about it, right. talk through it with you.
0: Right. Yeah, it's definitely all a learning process. Like being, it's right. been a little over a year since, right? Like having those two pretty right. brutal panic attacks. And, I, yeah, it's, like, much different now. Like, I definitely know how to manage my stuff or, like, check in with my emotions, I guess, Your or top. whatever the fuck I need to do to act like right. like I'm not right. freaking out or whatever. But
2: Exactly.
0: But I also think that's, like, one of the reasons I'm, I try to remain pretty productive. Like, being productive helps me stay pretty even keeled for the most part. Like I like doing a lot of things and I like doing, I like doing things for other, like for other people or whatever, like helping out however I can or whatever.
2: That definitely helps me too, because being in your head is not a good place.
0: Not all the time. That's for sure.
2: Not all. I'm sorry. Not all the time that that needs to be qualified. That's true
0: yeah it's i kind I, I don't know i i enjoy some, my my lonely head walks sometimes
2: <laughs> right sometimes it's good sometimes it's good but i'm just saying if you're if you're if you're not in a great place it it's not it's not always good to dive in deeper
0: yeah um well that's cool i appreciate you being so revealing of yourself like i knew you i knew you would so that's why I also thought I it would be think, cool to like have you on, just to talk about that I kind think, of shit.
2: I think that um, we've, as a society, we've come so far with this, but we have so such a long way to go.
0: Just like acknowledging mental health and the yeah. that whole deal, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, and and also. I, I remember my doctor telling me at Mayo, would, if you were a diabetic, would you tell people? And I said, yeah. And they looked at me and they said, then why wouldn't you tell somebody you had a chemical imbalance? Because it's not acceptable.
0: <laughs> yeah, just kind of stigmas attached to it. but
2: Right, right. And they're shimpy. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel
2: like the conversation should be People should be able to have the conversation.
0: Yeah, I try to be pretty forward with it now. Even though I like, I I didn't remain in therapy, but right. like I do, I do always try to advocate like what a good experience that was for me, and just kind of dealing with that stuff in general.
2: Right, right. And I just I think it's so important that. That those of us who have experienced it can have a voice and maybe make it easier for other people who are are going through that and feel like they don't have a voice or they can't tell somebody
0: yeah i think one of the hardest parts about all of it addressing all of it is just that all of our bodies and minds are different so not every like not the same thing works for everybody there's no there's no cure-all oh, for exactly it. and like exactly not, not everybody should be on the same drugs and whatnot and not everybody no. needs them not and, everybody like, there's needs there's just different them. different routes to go but then you know some people it, it saves their life like the right cocktail of uh drugs like right evens them out every day and for me for sure for
2: me that's that's for me that's me yeah and for other people that's not them for other people we go
0: out in the desert and we uh, lose our goddamn minds on mushrooms i'll tell you what (laughs)
2: That's that's right that's right that's right no or or but also um The um, I'm sorry, I just lost the pot there It's okay.
0: I think the commute, like the pot. I think the community in general is like the most important thing. It's just like knowing other people are going through it, and right. that there are and people you- to talk to about it, and that you don't always have to talk to those people about it. Just when you're like going through the extremes of it, it's just like the
2: right. I think that I think that the best uh, for me the best conversations and the and the most when I've taken away really good things from it is when I'm not going through it. Yeah. But being able to talk to somebody that knows exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Like right now.
2: Right. Exactly. I mean This is, this is the, good. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said it's important to talk about it when it's not in the extreme.
0: For sure. Well, this might. This is definitely a uh, a conversation for the record books for us. I'll tell you what.
2: It is this might be
0: one of the it best is. goddamn conversations we've ever had.
2: <laughs> it might be. It might be. But as you know, I. It's so funny because having having gone through it, coming out the other side. Looking back, even though it's something you don't want, I don't know that i that I would trade it. Everybody has something,
0: yeah,
3: and you know
2: what i'm saying for sure and this has made me a a really strong person and and a fighter, and I think it's also given me the opportunity to help. A lot of people.
0: Absolutely. You're the first person I called from the emergency room. (laughs) Yeah. See, I told you, I always call if I really need something.
2: You do. You do. So. And um, part of it and part of that has nothing to do with anxiety. Part of that is just being a mom.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Part of that is just the, the mom thing.
0: Well, it is the Mother's Day episode. Yeah. It
2: is the Mother's Day episode, you know. <laughs> so the mom calls and checks in and wants to know what's going on, and you know, it's 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 crazy. It's annoying sometimes.
0: I honestly can't imagine uh, what it's like to have a child. So I uh, I think that's one of the things that freaks me out about possibly having a kid in the future is just the amount of worry that I will have about them. So. <laughs>
2: But you also will have the greatest amount of joy.
0: Yep. Highs and lows. I'll tell you what.
2: Extreme highs and lows. That's right. That's right. So it's, you know. But, yeah. When you have a child, oh my gosh. that you never want, from the day you were born, I mean, or even before you were born, just being pregnant with you. I just always want it I never wanted anything bad to ever even touch you.
0: But ultimately it has to.
2: It has to because like that's part have, of
0: life. Yeah, you can't have like the joy without the pain and whatnot. And then you don't like yeah, you don't learn anything from it's never having experienced any of that pain. But I exactly. get it. I understand. I understand why people become like spazzed out crazy fucking parents who don't like want their children to ever leave the house and like even go that extreme with it because they don't want anything terrible to happen to them or influence them. And I don't know. It's all craziness. But but.
2: I, but one of the things that I'm so grateful for with you and, and, and having to have had experience so much of this while you were growing up, I am so grateful that I wasn't like overprotective of you and like, Oh my gosh, he can't ride a bike or he can't do that. I mean, and I don't, I felt like I let you be really free. Agreed. And I, I really, and I, I loved it. I loved watching you and just watching you explore and, and getting out and doing these things, and it was always really interesting to me that I could have such a high anxiety level, but not worry about you playing as a child but that but that was awesome that yeah. that was the joy right on and you and you still bring so much joy.
0: well, I'm glad I could do that for you. <laughs>
2: I'm <laughs> um, no, just doing what I do. can over
0: here. <laughs>
3: tell you, what.
2: you you do you do bring so much joy.
0: Well, thank you, and yeah, thanks for being awesome and super supportive of all my endeavors. You've been number one fan for sure, and it's very cool to have the support of your your parents on the wild the wild journey, especially. I don't know, just definitely trying to pursue maybe some unorthodox things late in the game here, I guess not that late, but you know we're in the early thirties now, yeah you know? no, no child
2: i I know, but but you know what people are living way long, <laughs> way longer, <Yeah.
0: laughs>
2: so this is like your twenties. So you know not I'm not
0: about worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm very excited. I'm Good. I've always been That's looking awesome. forward to my 30s. And uh I think they're more
2: stable. I'm coming I think up, 30s up on my are more stable.
0: Really? I just had my first panic attacks of all time last year. I don't I'm not sure about the stability part. <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> Okay, I Maturity wise, yeah, for they're sure, they're a little bit more stable. Well,
0: <laughs> I'm about to come into my Jesus here here in a, in a couple months. I'm pretty excited for 33. I feel like
2: 33 is going to be awesome.
0: Uh, I think I've been I've been waiting happen. for it. I've been waiting for 33. I've been trying to be patient, and uh, we'll see what 33 happens. 33
2: going 33 is going to be awesome. Well, you got to keep on doing what you're doing because the one thing that I know is you were meant to do that.
0: I was meant to have podcasts with you?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, every night. Uh. No. You you definitely, um, from very early on, and not in an obnoxious way, have always been meant to you have meant to bring people together and entertain and you're you're great about it you're just it's a gift
0: well that's very very nice of you to say very sweet and uh i love you very much and i appreciate you immensely and uh i'm stoked that you came on the program we're about to hit the two-hour mark, so we should probably let these people oh, live, go okay. on with their lives so they don't have to worry about both of our anxiety.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. I love you very much.
0: Uh, you know and how this, we end the show, I think. I, I hope after listening to a majority of the episodes, <laughs> you understand how we end this thing. So, Wait,
2: is it my mind?
0: Yeah, this is your turn.
2: Okay. It's a program.
0: She did it! That's my mom. I did it. On the podcast. The Mother's Day special. That, this is fun. That's
2: my son. This is fun. It is fun. This is
0: honestly probably it was awesome. this is a very very cool conversation to have, and now it's forever on the on the record. So
2: <clears throat> That's right. Um we got it on the record. <gasps>
0: We're not really playing too much music here on this episode, but we're gonna play it out with uh, a song from my my friend Stephanie Kitson. She just put out this new song called "Storming" that I like quite a bit, and uh, it's on okay. Sound, it's on SoundCloud, and I'll put the links for it so people can find it. It also features my friend Salvatore Manalo, who's been on the show before. It features him uh, crushing it on the guitar as always. So that's it, everybody. The Mother's Day special. Um, is, is in the books uh, Nice and, uh, We will catch you on the flip side Portland This is Storming
1: You said place, Then why you
2: The program...